0: Welcome to the AP Euro Recap Podcast, where we review what we learned each week. And today, we will be talking about the Reformation. And I have some special guests with me. I have Jeremy, Eubin, and James with me. So, let's get right into it. So, before the Reformation, the Catholic Church was kind of the dominating power and authority throughout much of the European countries and the Catholic church, it really didn't really look like a church. It more looked like a governing body. And a theme we'll see is the discussion between separation of church and state and the Catholic church definitely merged these two together where the church was the main authority in over the state and some people started to not like this and one of the main people who argued against this was martin luther and before we dive into it does anyone want to give a little brief description of martin luther sure all right so martin luther was born in
1: germany in 1484 uh he became a the Theolo- uh, theologist um, and uh, he uh, read the Bible a lot and uh, one of the main things that he did was he looked in the Bible uh, for certain things that um, were, that were being done in the Catholic Church that were not present in the Bible, such as selling indulgences or um, uh, you know the purgatory stuff that's not really in the Bible. So Martin Luther, Uh, wrote 95 theses mostly because of the indulgences but because of some other stuff too he hammered it to the door of the catholic church and that sort of started the whole reformation thing um it spread really all throughout europe and severely weakened the power of the catholic church luther wrote three different papers to state his ideas of
2: a reformed church one of them was the address to the nobility of germany in which Luther called on the German princes to overthrow the papacy in Germany to reform the church. Another was the Babylonian captivity of the church, in which he attacked the sacramental system as the means the Pope and the church held the gospel captive for a thousand years. And finally, he wrote on the freedom of a Christian man, which was a short treatise on the doctrine of salvation, with the idea that faith alone brings salvation through Jesus.
0: Luther's big point that kind of straight away from the catholic church was one indulgences he believed that you couldn't buy your way to heaven like the and buy your sins to be forgiven but he also believed that um to, to salvation was not of good works and faith but it was from faith alone even though these ideas of Luther's spread and people widely accepted them, people also kind of disagreed with them and they rejected his ideas. So what are some ways and who are some people that rejected his ideas?
3: Well, he was uh, excommunicated by the Pope. Um, And this was after... He refused to recant the 95 Theses at the Diet of Worms, which is not a Diet of Worms, but a formal legislative body meeting in front of Charles V.
0: And what was so significant about Charles V? He was a, whatchamacallit, Holy Roman Emperor. (laughs) Yes. And he was Catholic, and he declared Luther an outlaw because he was going against Charles V and his Catholic Holy Roman Empire. But something significant, what happened with the princes in the Holy Roman Empire?
1: The princes, uh, eight princes and 11 imperial cities from the... Schmalkaldic League, uh, which was basically a defensive alliance that um, said that if one of their members is attacked, then they will send their armies to protect and fight back against the attackers. Sort of like a collective insurance policy. Sort of like, like the UN uh, sort of
0: is today. That might be a good analogy, maybe. Yeah, and this was significant significant because they took luther's side because mainly they didn't want charles v to have so much power and this um furthered the spread of luther luther's ideas because he wasn't so oppressed by charles v and the catholic church so with this backing of the princes he was able to spread his ideas and This can kind of lead into a big part of the Reformation and the spread of Lutherism, which is the peasant wars. And um, anybody want to talk about that?
1: Well, first of all, I hope you know it's Lutheranism, not just Lutherism. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. And And, briefly,
3: uh, (laughs) before we go a little farther, there was the Schmuck. Uh, however, you say it. Schmalk- Schmalkaldic League. Schmalkaldic Wars, right? Right. Oh yes. The Peasant Wars
2: between oh, Charles
3: V and the uh, and the League, and also the the princes were Protestant. Yes. So that may have aided their motives.
0: Yes. Peasant Definitely.
3: Wars. What about them? Well. In a in a lovely uh pamphlet or whatever uh, doctrine titled In Against the Murderous Hordes of Peasants? Yeah. Murderous thieving hordes of peasants.
2: So the peasants' um, wars came because of crop failures, demand for social equality, and so many other problems in which the nobles and authority were had multiple advantages over the peasantry. And Luther caused the peasants to question the social and political hierarchies after his 95 theses and other attacks of the church. And because of this... Yes, unintentionally. He was not intending to do this. Because of this, the peasants used Lutheranism and also relied on him to be a leader of sorts in their attacks against the revolts against the nobility. But Luther relied on using the reformed nobility and nobles in order to spread Lutheranism and his reformation of the church. So because of that, he did not side with the peasants, but instead condemned them.
0: Yes. And he condemned them in his publication against the robbing and murdering hordes of peasants. Known as... Yes. (laughs) The, what the murdering thieving
3: hordes of peasants?
0: Yes. Against Against the Murdering Thieving Hordes of Pheasants from fifteen twenty five. Yeah. Yeah. And so shoot, what was I gonna say? <laughs> what Notably, the
3: peasants would fail and lose the war. It was a short war, but it they would still lose.
2: Yeah. Oh my god.
3: Because uh it
0: turns out Starving people don't make very good armies. (laughs) So we have a moment of silence? It also turns out that the princes had power and they also had money, so they could suppress the peasants. So a big question, kind of just a food for thought question that we talked about in class, what class was. Could Luther have been able to accomplish what he could with siding with the peasants instead of siding with the pre- the princes? What do y'all uh, think about that? I well, would say probably not.
2: Why? I would agree with you, Ben. Because at that time, and even now, the peasantry really had no voice. And even through revolts, they wouldn't have been able to change anything i'd say politically or socially okay maybe
3: if uh, they might have been able to after the age of after the colombian exchange when like there was more food in europe Mm
2: -hmm. true but this was still when they were in massive famines and deaths and (laughs) all that stuff
1: yeah and i think the peasants uh, you know, Luther didn't really have to concern himself with alienating the common people, because even if he did support princes over the peasants, the peasants would probably still agree with what he said. They wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't, you know, break with his ideals because what else was there to go to? I mean, the Catholic Church, like, they really could not have uh, hurt Luther. Uh, Luther would not have been hurt um, by not supporting them. I think that's a good point. All right.
2: Thank you, James.
1: You're welcome, Nicholas. The whole idea for the Reformation really got its origins with Christian humanism. It took the ideas from the Italian uh, Renaissance, Italian humanism, and sort of merged it with uh, early Christian uh, sources and stuff like that in order to bring a more religious perspective to the Reformation. because the Italian Re- Reformation was a lot more secular, uh, but when it came to the north, it became a lot more uh, religious based, and um, it all sort of started with uh, Erasmus. Erasmus he um, was a Catholic, but um, he wrote this book called The Praise of Folly, which was sort of a, a satire, a satirical criticism of the corruption of the Catholic Church, and that sort of all sparked this uh, this idea of wanting to reform the, the Catholic church and wanting to sort of return to a more simpler, uncorrupted by greed or power, uh, form of Christianity. So a lot of people use this uh, analogy, uh, this, this, I guess this, this phrase, I don't know what you call it. Uh, Erasmus laid the egg that Luther hatched. And um, it's notable to, to it, it's good to note that, um, Erasmus didn't really support Luther, uh, but his ideas definitely had an impact on the Reformation and Luther himself and sort of brought along that sort of
0: change. Yeah, that's a good point. And um, just another example of how what we saw in the Northern Renaissance kind of Re- reflected what happened in the Reformation was how Henry VIII, um, he was wanting to increase the power of church and state but instead of keeping his country Catholic he wanted to marry Cath- Catherine of Aragon so he split from the Catholic Church and he started his own Protestant um, church, the Anglican Church. So that is kind of a parallel between what was happening in England and what was happening in in um, like Germany and stuff. That these people, even though Luther started it because he was looking in the Bible of and comparing the Catholic Church, and Henry VIII did it because he wanted to marry a lady. We can still see um, different people splitting from the Catholic Church and forming pros- Protestant groups.
1: And if, I think it's good to say that the Anglican Church was not really like the Lutheran Church. Uh, it was still, I guess, Protestant in the way that it was sort of going against the Catholic Church. Uh, But a lot of their ideals were still the same as the Catholic church. It was just that. Okay. Uh, It was just that. Sorry, something crazy is going on in my house. Um, It's just that. um, What was I going to say? It's just like the divorce issue and the, uh, the king's control over the church that was sort of different
0: between the Catholic and Anglican churches. I'm glad that you mentioned that, James, because it shows how different thinkers were challenging catholic church but had different ideas such as john calvin he was a big um thinker that started a new uh, religious movement uh which is calvinism but which is funny because he was very similar to luther because he studied law and then he went on to um Uh, study religion and theology and start thinking his own way about it but these new denominations in protestantism even though they were both protestant they still had big uh big differences and the one between calvinism and lutherism is that calvin believed in predestination that before you were even born you were already picked whether or not you were going to go to heaven or not and have salvation. And these different ideas within Protestantism is what caused different denominations within Protestantism. Let's talk a little bit about how the Reformation went about in different areas of Europe. Let's start with Scandinavia.
3: The Zwingli was uh, split with Luther over issue of the Eucharist believed in symbolism like Calvin. That did not make any sense. I'm I read that.
1: <laughs> I, <laughs> I in my I notes. Think, I think what is what you're trying to say. Um, let me check if this is actually real. Check.
3: Oh, of Eucharist. So, like Zwingli also agreed with Cal- with Luther that that communion was actually the bread and what well, was actually the body and blood of Christ. Yeah. And not Calvin. symbolism.
1: Calvin did not think it was the real thing. He thought it was just a symbol. But uh yeah, Zwingli agreed with, with Luther on this one.
0: Yes. And similarly to the other Reformations, um Zwingli Reformation um, in Scandinavia was also influenced by the Northern Renaissance and Christian humanism. And it launched the uh, Swiss, Swiss Reformation as well. So this caused unrest in the Catholic Church. And it was interesting because Zwingli and all of his followers started to go after the Catholic Church and it was the first time that the Catholic Church had to defend themselves and take position and kind of they were attacked for the first time. Like the other reformations, the Zwingli Reformation in Switzerland caused unrest between the Catholic Church and the Protestants. Zwingli would die. And that would be that. Yes. Who wants to talk about the Anabaptists? Oh, I'll talk about it. Okay. You, been.
2: So, the Anabaptists were a group of religious radicals who favored the peasants. Uh, Their ideas were quite opposed to Zwingli, and he labeled them as the Anabaptists because of the fact that they believed in becoming baptized again later on when you're an adult as, a, as another way to enter the church and that scared Zwingli as it went against his uh, his religious ideas so he Andrew labeled them law. yes androld in, in law yeah and because of that Anabaptists ended up in uh, Moravia, Poland and the Netherlands and at first they were just they are kind of gone no one really knew who they were for a while but then uh, religious hysteria led to the recognition of them, and a more radical variety of them emerged, known as the Melchiorites. Oh, they believed that the true Christian church was a voluntary association who underwent spiritual rebirth, baptized into the church again, and they believed no one should be forced to accept the
0: Bible. And that only adults could be Christians. Yes. That kids didn't have the maturity to think for themselves about religion.
2: Which is why they get re-baptized. Yes. And also they believe in the complete separation of the church and the state, mm-hmm. believing that human law had no power over Christianity, which is why they were viewed as such radical people in the societies.
1: It's interesting to note that the Anabaptists considered all Christians to be priests. Which is interesting because not a lot of faiths uh, say that.
2: City of Monster was where an Anabaptist uprising occurred, which led to recognition of the Anabaptists because they overtook the entire city. Uh, because they were more wild, they were known as the Melchiorites, who adhered more towards vivid millennialism. <laughs> you which didn't was their belief Yeah, so which was they? It was basically them believing that the world was about to end. That monster would become the new Jerusalem. And they took over the city under the leadership of John of Leyden, who proclaimed himself as the new king of Jerusalem. And John of Leyden had planned to spread across the rest of the world with his new ideology, but was set back by multiple attacks by the Catholic prince-bishop. And he was eventually executed in 1535 because of his crimes.
1: The Catholics and the Lutherans teamed up for this. They did not yes. like the Anabaptists because they, they both saw the Anabaptists as a challenge to their power. Yes. So it's crazy how enemies became allies for this. Yeah.
0: Thanks for joining me this week. And I hope that we might do this again. And I hope that all our viewers were very entertained and they learned something